in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's riding on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. The Supreme Court had a unanimous decision on the NCAA this morning. A 9-0 vote against the NCAA to where the NCAA cannot ban their colleges from giving student-athletes academic-related expenses. So we're talking about stuff like laptops, talking about stuff like tutors, internships, like players can be paid to either buy those things like normal students are who get scholarships or get paid for an internship or get paid, you know, and do some sort of overseas study abroad type program like other students do. Uh, The NCAA cannot ban colleges from doing that, which apparently they have been doing before. Yeah, I don't. I'm confused. This is not name and image likeness. And according to Twitter, the NCAA actually approached SCOTUS on this in terms of wanting some guidance. So I don't know if the NCAA really lost today, if they were the actual ones to go to them. Name, image, likeness is going to be different uh, when they make that ruling. Uh, They all get tutoring. I've been on the road enough to know that they get tutoring on the road. Tutors travel with them. I'm talking about football and basketball. I don't know about other sports, but I think other sports get that too. Uh, So... I guess this means additional to that. Right. Because I, they already get tutoring, and I assume they get laptops. Yeah, it, it is confusing because it's like when you read some of the things, it's like the you know college athletes will now be able to get like, laptops and tutoring. Like, they don't get that now? Right. <laughs> and it's it's kind of like who was against this in the yes, first place? Exactly. Like who was against? Because, again, if you're a normal student, you can get scholarships sure. to pay for a laptop or sure. to pay for your books or pay for Absolutely. a tutor. Absolutely. Academic scholarships, of right. course. So yeah. it's I, I'm, I'm A, confused who was against that in the first place, and B, confused why it's at the Supreme Court, and C, confused why was Mark Few arguing about name, image, and likeness last week to the Supreme Court or, or to Congress or wherever the hell he was when they're just talking about the laptops and stuff like that for these student athletes. Yeah. Yeah, we talked it offline. Uh, I think the name, image, likeness is going to take them much longer yeah. to decide. They usually, I mean, look, the Supreme Court can take four to six months to make a decision. Is that actually in the Supreme Court, though? No, I think it's Congress okay. at this point. Okay. Um, if it gets to the Supreme Court, then, again, they they, they take months on decisions. I, I don't even know when they got this to, to, to decide this. It seemed like it might be the quickest decision in the Supreme Court in history. It's like, oh, they want a tutor. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's take a vote. 9-0. It's like, can you see like, hey, we agreed on something. 9-0. Man, that never happens. Everyone agree. Everyone can agree. Is this like the first unanimous decision in the Supreme Court? And it's like, Jim needs a laptop. Okay. Like, who's who's, who's on, against yeah. Jim getting a laptop or getting more tutoring in like biology? It's like, what? So... It is. I mean, it's it's one of the top headlines in sports this morning. I'm just a little hesitant well, on it being a massive deal right now. I also it's... think when you see the headline, people are going to assume it's name image. Like right. I did. I'm like, oh, they so made a I. decision. So yeah. I started reading. I'm like, because there, there's, there's two different things. There's name image likeness, which is athletes can get paid by third parties right. that want to sponsor them, promote them or whatever. And then the other issue is, can the colleges basically pay a salary? Mm-hmm. To them, can they say, to "Hey, play. we're going to pay you fifty thousand, hundred thousand dollars to come play"? Yeah. Can they pay a salary? Neither of those. That is not what the Supreme Court decided today. No. Neither one of those. No. It's just, hey, but you look at Twitter and you expenses. think, "Oh, there was a major right. decision." Until you start reading it, it's just academic-related expenses. The school can pay for their basketball players to have laptops now. I don't care about your next question. 
John Rahm won the U.S. Open, so I don't watch a whole lot of golf, but I did tune in for a little bit yesterday. Can you explain to me why everybody sucked yesterday? Man, they just fell apart. I mean, DeChambeau, forget about it. Uh, I, I actually think DeChambeau fell apart because he was on the tee when the when the nut job ran out of the court. Oh, okay. He was great. Best streaker I've guy. ever seen because he runs on to the golf course yeah. with his own club yes. and balls, yeah. which means... Everyone who streaks has to step yes. up their game. If you're going to streak onto a basketball court, you better have a basketball and you better be getting some shots. And up. I'll say this. I played Torrey Pines and I never had a swing like that. That kid had a nice <laughs> swing on him. I'm like, Jesus, he not only ran on the courts, like he's not a buffoon just like hacking away. <laughs> he had a beautiful swing, that kid. And then he had a little dance. I mean, he was all out. So I give DeChambeau a little pass because he was on the tee and had to wait through the nut job running onto the course. But other than that, McElroy fell apart. They all, you know, Shoffley fell apart. They all fell apart. Kepka ran out of holes. He actually was making a run, but good for John Ram. I mean, first Spaniard to win it. I mean, I just was going to say, could can we please refrain from when we're talking about streakers using the phrase good swing? Yeah. Well, he also had clothes on, so he's borderline streak. Oh, borderline yeah. Streak. Okay. Yeah, 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 he had right. clothes on. See, had clothes I on. didn't see it. Wait, important question. Streaking, does that imply you're naked? Yes. It implies it, but if you're running down, like, you know, Henry Rugg streaks down the sideline. He's fast. So this guy was streaking down the fairway. He's a streaker. But so It implies, I, though, he's I, naked. I, I, but what's the phrase if you're running on a field not naked? A, an idiot that's about yeah. to get tackled by security? Okay. Actually, the one, I think the one um, video I did see of it, I don't know what he called him, but I think the guy goes, look at this idiot. And then <laughs> there's a kid in the background off camera going, can you do that? And then the dad's like, no, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> All right. It's great. I do it. Like, is that, can you do that? Did a guy get a ball stuck in a tree? Yes. That's, that's yeah. like the, yeah. the hour that I watched, there were more shots stuck in trees than birdies. Like, I didn't know. Like, I was like, all of these guys suck at this sport. And DeChambeau hit one so out of bounds behind the tent, it landed right oh, next to like a, a, a six, a six pack of beer. Yeah. It was great. I mean, it was actually touching touching the box of beer. It was just like, it was crazy what was going on. They were just falling apart left and right. Now, DeChambeau did it a little more than anyone else. He just completely fell apart, but it was crazy. They showed back to, well, maybe not back to back, but within five minutes of each other, Roy McIlroy in a bunker hit it into the rough, not on the green. And then like two minutes later, I think it was Kepka on the rough behind a bunker, missed the green, put it in a bunker. (laughs) Yeah. Like that, I was like, not none of these guys are good at this sport. <laughs> like some of the biggest name in sports just completely melted. Rom was the favorite, I think, going in, so that he won. I mean, he's obviously an incredible golfer, but yeah, it was, like the last four. I mean, it was ball. just, it was crazy how because the thing was when they made the turn that even the announcer like, hey, here come the stars. Like you, you Kepka, McElroy, Shoffley, all these guys. Rom, like, okay, this is gonna be a great finish, and then one after the other, they just. <laughs> They were desperate. I mean, they just fell apart. It's like, well, there goes that guy. There goes that guy. It was amazing. You very rarely see the best golfers in the world all at once, other than Rom, just ta- just fall apart. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. <laughs> Katie Grimes qualified for the Olympics. Katie Grimes is a 15-year-old from Vegas. She finished second in the 800-meter freestyle to Katie Ledecky. So those two will be going to the Olympics to represent Team USA. So a 15-year-old from Vegas swimming in the Olympics. I do have an important question. Do you have to be a good swimmer? Do you have to be named Katie? It helps. 
Um, because when because the story from USA Today, when Katie Ledecky sort of burst onto the scene, she beat out a girl named Kate. So it was Kate to Katie, and now there's another 15-year-old named Katie. So you got to be named Kate or Katie to be good at swimming. Well, he, he, this puts in perspective Katie Ledecky. Um, and great job, uh, great job by Katie Grimes. Good for her. She's in Vegas. She's only 15. so obviously the, probably the first of several Olympics. She finished second to Katie Ledecky in the 800 free, six seconds behind. <laughs> Do you know in swimming, that's like that's literally like in soccer, we lost 11-0. I mean, you finish, and again, not, I mean, Grimes, great job. 15 years in the Olympics, that's awesome. I'm just saying the greatness of Katie Ledecky unbelievable. is unbelievable when you're six seconds faster than the next person. It's like, that's ridiculous. That's it, it's probably more than what Phelps, how Phelps dominated. That's how good a swimmer this woman is. Yeah, it's I, insane. Yeah, I told you last week, one of my favorite things of swimming, watching swimming, is they put the lineup for the world yes, record. Yeah, yeah. And that Katie, the best race is Katie Ledecky against, against herself. Her old swims is, oh, yeah, she beat her what she did two years ago or whenever the last time she swam. I'll give a sidebar shout out to my uh, good friend Pat Forty. His daughter made the Olympic team, Brooke Forty. So that's huge. Oh, I mean, that's, can swimming? you imagine, like, I was thinking about Pat last night. Your daughter makes the oh, Olympic. I, it's. I mean, can you imagine the no. feeling when your daughter makes? I'm. She had a, like a uh, video. I'm Brooke Forty, and I'm on the way to the Tokyo Olympics. I'm like, just watching your daughter say that. that what must a, be amazing. What event? Uh, I believe she's 200 free. She she's she'll she'll do relays. She did not finish top three. Top top four make relays. She made. She'll play. She'll swim prelims in the morning. Which look. You swim prelims in the morning and your team wins the event, you get a medal. So she'll get a medal because they're, you know, they're so good at relays. So, yeah, it's cool, though. I mean, I, I think that's really cool when a kid makes the Olympics and, you know. Wow. Sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> the Yankees had a walk-off triple play against the Oakland A's yesterday. Uh, this is the third time this season that the Yankees have turned a triple play. It's the second time it's happened with Araldis Chapman on the mound. Amazing. Is it? Uh, is John Sterling still their guy? You imagine that guy calling all those triple plays. <laughs> I think he got so. I think he got so excited yesterday. I didn't even hear Yankees win. Yankees win. I just heard when I heard the uh, the call of it. He just was so insane about the triple play. Who? Who turns three triple plays in a season? Is that and, some kind in, of record? In like 70 games, yeah. too. That, we're, not, we're not even halfway through this. It's season. either a record or it's close to one because those things, you know, I guess triple plays now are like no hitters. Like every night's like, uh, you know, Walker Bueller's got a no hitter in the eighth. Jimmy's got a no hitter in the seventh. I mean, triple plays, though, so much has to go right to turn one. When you're turning three in 70 games, that's bizarre. All right. According to MLB.com, they have tied the record. It has to be. With uh, and again, they've played like seventy-two yeah. games, so they're not even halfway through. And if you went to the books right now to say to give us the odds they'll turn another one this year, next year, or this year, be astronomical oh, that they'll yeah. turn another they one. They like, won't yeah, turn they're one. Not turn There's one. no, no. Way. There's no way they turn no. another one, and they'll probably do it today and, yes. and break the record. Is that our is that our next mulligan for our sharp? Just literally, yeah. will <laughs> the Yankees turn a triple play? What do you think? All right, here's the story from the Minnesota Wild. Kevin Weeks tweeted out about Kirill Kaprizov, who was their phenomenal rookie this year. As of now, talks with likely rookie of the year, Kirill Kaprizov, and Minnesota Wild have gone cold. My understanding is he's in Moscow and is believed CSKA Moscow is interested in signing him for the KHL and so he can play in the Olympics. If you're the Minnesota Wild, what in the hell? There's no way you lose this kid, right? He was their best player. Um, 
No, you shouldn't. But this is a weird situation, Hello Shippy. Um, if you're telling me, like, the uh, KHL knows uh, that league would give them, like, 10 to 12 million a year, I guess you can't lose them if they're wild, but I, like, wouldn't fall over if he went back home. Like, I think those guys, obviously, yeah. you want to play in the NHL, you're different. But if, if I'm going to Russia and they're like, we're going to give you 5 or $6 million more than wild, I'm like, all right, I'm Russian. This is my home. I'll play here. But if you're the wild, you better overpay. You can't, This is far worse than the wild if the kid just goes, I'm going to go take $10 million and play at my home because they're like, everybody's like, all right, well, good for you. But if you're the wild, you kind of have to. I don't know if you say, what do you want? But you got to come close to, like, what do you want? He's the best player. Yeah, you can't you can't lose him. That looks. Ho- I don't think anything can look bad for the kid in this sense. It looks atrocious for the Wild if yeah. you lose him. It's brutal. So I, it's bizarre that this he finally came over and was because uh, he was like a it's great. He was like a fifth or sixth round pick because of this reason. Because it yeah, was because they didn't know if he'd come. Right. Yeah. It, it, everybody knew he was good, yeah. but it was okay. Is he going to play? You get right. you get him to come over. He's phenomenal. Like man, man can you imagine if they lost this guy? Yeah. Like, the Golden Knights lost Shipashov, who, granted, is very good in Russia, but it's not like Vadim Shipashov was their best player for an entire no. season. Shippy was the MVP of KHL this He year. was. Very good. He's but good. it's not like he was very good for the Golden Knights for an entire no, season. No, no. This guy's their best player. Him. By far. Kaprizov was unbelievable. All right. Here we go. We got a chance for you to win Brad Paisley tickets coming to win Las Vegas back-to-back shows, the Acoustic Storyteller, on June 25th and 26th. The winner will get two tickets to Saturday, June 26th show, 702-364-1100 is the number. If you want to go see Brad Paisley at Win Las Vegas, we'll take caller number 9 at 702-364-1100. Do you want to schedule a parent-teacher conference after hearing Grainy's grades? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and let us know who deserves a higher grade. Almost 700 pounds, silver medal pole, silver medal pole. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. All right, first off, <laughs> congratulations to Nicholas. He won a pair of tickets to go see Brad Paisley. We have tickets to see Jason Aldean as well coming up later in the show. So stay tuned if you want to go see Jason Aldean. But that audio you just heard was from Deuce Gruden uh, and his powerlifting competition over the weekend that we spent Friday way too much time trying to figure out what was going on. Um, I'm a little disappointed we Deuce Gruden wasn't uh, screaming and yelling. I think that was during a deadlift that one was. Um, I was hoping for a little bit more, um, you know, Greco-Roman, a little more yelling from audible <laughs> Deuce Gruden, but ultimately Deuce Gruden, because I, I am learning everything about powerlifting in the last four days that I've ever known about powerlifting. The way they do this is you do a, like you do squat and bench and deadlift, and then they add up the total weight that you lifted. And that's sort of your number. He, his total on squat, bench and deadlift was 1776. Was was the clip there saying he got silver medal? He was going for silver. No, silver medal pole. I don't good know what that means. Yeah, but I don't know. Silver medal pole. what? Pole. What does that mean? I don't have any idea. I'm just now learning about 
everything. So if you're listening, Willie, text. Yes, please text tell us, us because we have no silver medal. I get. I don't know what silver medal pole. Is. I don't either. Um, so Deuce Grude weighs 179 pounds. Jeez. And his total and weight is lifted what, five in these three. foot six, maybe six. Yeah. yeah. 1776. Like 179, he benched 429. Oh. Squatted 678. Deadlifted 672. I don't lift weights, but that sounds really impressive. Because that's very, like we're like impressive. we're like five times his weight is what we're talking about here on on almost all three of those events. It would literally be like I love this guy. If I was on a bench and they're like over four hundred, like I'd put my hands up and it'd be like pushing against a wall. Like you couldn't, it would nothing would move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I no. mean, you wouldn't. I mean, you could have ten spotters, and if I pushed up against it, like it's pushing against this wall, right? Like it would just not move. I mean, and that guy's bench. And you hear about NFL players and everything, but at for a hundred and set, what's he one seventy nine? Yeah, yeah, is what. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And then, you know, there's many people who do this in the country. There are a lot of powerlifters, but I mean, good for Deuce. I mean, my goodness, seven seventeen hundred and seventy six pounds. Okay, we I've got a comparison for you here. So, Richie Incognito. Raiders, yeah, what, what's he lift? Raiders offensive lineman. So this is from a story. Uh, that talked about when he was in college as a freshman, Richie incognito could bench press 450 pounds. So again, quick comparison, Big Deuce Gruden 429 is what he benched over the weekend. Quick, quick difference in weight. Uh, and Richie incognito could squat 700 pounds. <sighs> now again, quick comparison, uh, Deuce Gruden hit 678. Now here's your size comparison. Deuce Gruden is five foot six. 179 pounds. Uh, Richie Incognito is six foot three, 324 pounds. I, I'm more impressed with, well, I'm impressed with everything. He lifted 1,700 pounds. <laughs> but I'm more impressed with uh, even the weight. And here's the thing the whole cliche in weightlifting is it does help if you're shorter, you know, in terms of your arms. If you're long and lean, it's harder, obviously, to lift that kind of weight and, and stuff like that. So I get that part of it. But I'm more impressed at 179 pounds that he did this. Like it's one, you know, so a lot of these guys are like five six, but like here it's like 250, and they have that kind of strength in their lower body and their legs to be 179 and lift that much. And I don't know powerlifting much at all. And maybe like we said, we're not kidding, Willie. If you're listening, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> our resident, you know, lifter. I don't. That's staggering to me, and I know nothing about it. That he's not even 180 pounds, and he does this. Like it's if you're 300 or if you're like one of these 250 guys, you see at the gym, Roy and Rudy Regalado, and I'll see Roy and Rudy <laughs> with huge weightlifting belts on and like clothes that are far too small for them. Well, like I'm like I get they that. They don't make clothes for people that big. <laughs> oh, Willie just said a silver medal pull would be if he pulled that deadlift, he would have taken second place for the silver. Pushes a bench press, driver squats pull is the deadlift. So I guess there's medals in each discipline. So there'd be a medal for the bench, a medal for the squad, a medal for the deadlift. So he would have gotten silver if he would have if he would have pulled that deadlift. Again, I do lift and I still don't know what the hell he means on pulling. <laughs> I think it's just the, the I guess phrase it's like, of pulling, yeah, pulling the bar. I guess it's the pulling the yes. bar and it's I mean, just like I'm impressed with the guy. I, I'm sorry. I I love this I cannot guy. think at one set 179 pounds that he's doing stuff like that. I just He's very, like, he's not very tall. No. And he's very compact. Yes. 
I just want someone to try to mug him so that he like turns and punches them and it's like, oh god, he killed him. <laughs> the deucer. I, what he he's, he bench pressed over four hundred pounds. He's benching over four hundred. Four twenty nine, at one hundred seventy nine wow. pounds. He he missed on four forty, according to this tweet from Luke Thomas of CBS Sports. Missed on four forty, which but doesn't necessarily mean. He couldn't do 440. No, he just missed. He, yeah, it just means like this particular competition, he didn't get 440. Man, good for Deuce. I mean, we, I, look, this we is need, nothing. Uh... We need powerlifting in the Olympics so Deuce Gruden can be a U.S. Olympian. Is, is there not? No, it's not, it's it. not a powerlifting. It's is not? According, according to these tweets, it's not an Olympic sport. Wow. There are there are weightlifting events, obviously, in the Olympics. I'm not sure the difference between powerlifting and what they do in the Olympics because I've actually covered that in London, I think, because there was a there was a Vegas guy who was who was a lifter, but that's surprising. I thought there was powerlifting Olympics. Right. I mean, according that, made, that makes sense because obviously I didn't know what the hell I was covering. According to Paul one nine four on Twitter, there's no squat or deadlifting in Olympic weightlifting. The only competition lifts are clean and jerk, clean and, and jerk. Snatch. I covered clean yeah. and jerk. So I, we need to. I don't. I, can do screw and do clean and jerk. I don't have any idea. But we need to get. <laughs> if he's benching over four hundred, my guess he's clean. But can and he jerk do it? At, can he do it at like hey. an Olympic? Oh, level? I don't know if he can do it at Olympic like, level. I just, I just want. I listen. I want do screw in the Olympics because I will probably watch every single do screw event in the Olympics. Yes. And Jesus. this show, we've spent five minutes on yes. it today. We will break we down will every lift. Cover do screw every yeah. lift. Willie will be our correspondent, <laughs> we will and he will just watch us. We will send Willie to Tokyo, <laughs> and he will be. Calling into the press box. Now, of course, it'll be the middle of the night where he is, and he'll be half asleep. But he will be able to call into the show and break down Deuce's lifts. That's what I want. Deuce Gruden, <laughs> the Olympian. It was uh, it was put out there that he was John Gruden's son. That was kind of a big deal there. I saw that. It was, like, publicized, which I'm sure that happens at most events he's at. Well, if he went by his actual name, we would know because his name is John Gruden. Willie Ramirez, not three disciplines. All are added up for one medal. There are, there are ju- those are just the phrases you would hear a coach yell. Drive the squat, pull the deadlift, push the bench. Olympic lifting and powerlifting are different. See, these are the things we learn on the press box. These are the things we learn by soliciting text messages <laughs> from, Willie. from the Associated Press <laughs> from Willie Ramirez. <laughs> but he's the, only, he's the expert. I know. <laughs> no, no, I, mean, just, who, I <laughs> want to see. No, this is what I want to see. I not only want to see Willie as our correspondent in Tokyo, but in the background, like that guy who was filming the streaker say, I want to hear Willie yelling at Deuce, pull, drive, push. That's what I, I want to see. I want to hear Willie in the background screaming at the Deucer to pull and to push harder. But that would be the best. All right, coming up next. <laughs> we had an entire segment about the Raiders. <laughs> well, this, is better. this is better. It's Deuce Gruden, Jared. <laughs> Come on. Why would you want to talk about... Who cares if they no, have a good no, roster I just, here? I just wanted, I just wanted to <laughs> let the audience know where we... The, we the great we have is, our priorities it, correct. Ty, Tyler June does our rundown. First. What do you think we're talking about? Tyler does our rundown, and I swear for the last week, we've had the rundown. Is there best? this the best roster? Yeah. And each day, Deuce is taking. Deuce has completely wiped the real <laughs> the real rundown out. All right, coming up next, Ryan Wallace joins the show as we get back into the Golden Knights. He his pants. This isn't the Alex Ovechkin Power Hour. This is the VGK Update with Ryan Wallace. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Hockey Guy. I'm out. Ryan. Welcome back yeah. to the show. Are you excited today? 
Yeah, it's a great day. It is a great day because we have a goalie controversy. So, <laughs> is Pete DeBoer simply uh, stealing out of the playbook of the Pittsburgh Penguins by benching Marc-Andre Fleury in a conference final? Not that this is actually a conference final, but benching him in a conference final to lead them to a Stanley Cup with the other goaltender. So... I'm going to reserve the right to not answer this question until I see who starts in goal tomorrow (laughs) night for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, I I think it's interesting. It really is because we've heard all year that the strength of this team is that they have two elite goaltenders that they have confidence in no matter the situation to come in and win a game. And what we saw out of Robin Leonard last night was not Robin Leonard coming in to win a game. It was Robin Leonard stealing a game for the Golden Knights. And I look at the performance last night and I say to myself, how do you not go back to Robin Leonard? But then you look at what Marc-Andre Fleury has done up until this point, and it's a real tough spot for Pete DeBoer going into game number five as to who he's going to start in goal. Uh, but it's only a controversy if it becomes um, you know, something that, that is, is different or you lose a game or whatever. So I'm not sure what is going to happen next because I really don't have a gauge as to who's going to start tomorrow. I mean, the good thing is Twitter's not going to have anything to say about it, so it'll be very calm tomorrow, <laughs> depending on who's first off the ice. Um, when you, you know, when you saw that yesterday, and we're talking about the start the show, it's kind of a weird balance between the love fest for Flurry, and like it doesn't even have to be Leonard. It has to be like Tyler said, whether it was Subban, whoever it has been since this guy was the last expansion pick in terms of like the star and how much people love him. No matter who it is, the kind of vitriol against that person is very weird and, and kind of bizarre. So, is it just more that they love the one guy so much, and whoever it's going to be, they're just going to go after, despite the fact, as Tyler mentioned before, Robin Leonard's been this great goalie if you look at analytics and stats. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because the, the, the fact of the matter is it shouldn't matter who's in net because everybody on that team is pulling on the same line, right? Like, everyone's got the same goal. Everyone is there to do the same thing, and it's, it's 100% a team. But I think Marc-Andre Fleury is just one of those guys where you respect him so much, and it's very, very well documented that it didn't necessarily go the way you'd expect it to go for him in, in Pittsburgh, right? Like as Tyler brought up already, it's been a situation where in the playoffs he is, he has been relegated to the bench and he is one championships on the bench with another goaltender starting. And, and that's kind of how the penguins viewed getting over the hump um, in, in the middle teens, in the middle 2010s. So I think that that might have something to do with it. You just you have a lot of people that really like Marc Andre Fleury and didn't want to see another situation where he wouldn't be on the ice contending for Stanley Cups instead being on the bench. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, Robin Leonard is a fantastic goaltender. Marc Andre Fleury is a great goalie. Robin Leonard's been incredibly consistent his entire career. The one thing you know with Robin Leonard. More often than not, he's going to go out there and you all you need to do is score two or three goals because he is only giving up one or two. And in this series against Montreal, where I think goals are going to be at a premium, do you kind of want to bank on that consistency that you've seen over the course of his career? I think maybe you do over the remainder of this series. So 
We don't know what happens in game four here with the goaltending situation, but uh, can Pete DeBoer like make a mistake? Obviously he's going to be criticized if they lose, but when you have Flurry playing as well as he has, when you have another goalie here, like it almost feels like he can't actually make a mistake because both of his goalies are good. It's not like he's deciding between Flurry and Subban. He's deciding between two of the top 15 goalies in the sport. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that there's a wrong decision when it comes to the goaltenders, like I, I, because I don't believe that goaltending is going to lose them the series, right? Like, it's kind of the same situation as last year in the bubble. The, the Golden Knights didn't lose in the bubble because their goaltending wasn't good enough. They lost because they couldn't score any goals. And if they lose this series to Montreal, it's not going to be because Pete DeBoer went back to Marc-Andre Fleury or Pete DeBoer went with Robin Leonard, it's going to be the top six still can't score and the Golden Knights can't get more than one or two pass carry price. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, I, 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 I want to ask you about matchups. I mean, Colorado, much different Montreal. If they would play Tampa, much different than Montreal. Uh, when you have Pacioretty, Stone, Carlson, Tuck, Marshall, all these guys not scoring goals, it almost seems like, Ryan, you can get away with that and you go to the next round against Tampa and do that, you might be out in five. Like, what do you think? If someone would have told you it's 2-2 and none of those guys had a, a score to goal, would you believe that? No, not particularly, because I, I felt like this was one of those series where uh, the Golden Knights' top six could really show up, because when you look at the Montreal Canadiens and you look at kind of what they were able to do during the regular season, this should be a team that the Golden Knights' better players, their their top performers, should really... Be, it should really excel in, and it hasn't been the case. And a lot of credit, in my opinion, goes to the Canadians and their insistence on taking away the middle of the ice. They've been really, really good at not giving the Golden Knights much of anything in the offensive zone. And it, it, when that's the case, when you've got a team that understands the only way that they're going to win this series is to literally take away everything, and they're committed to that game plan, it can become very difficult to find offensive chances. Now, I do want to say... Max Pacioretty did throw the puck on net, and that's where Nick Wall was able to pick up that that goal. So, you know, Max Pacioretty, a couple of assists in the series. William Carlson did a lot of the dirty work on Braden McNabb's goal. And, you you know, you don't put the puck in the back of the net as a forward, but there were some really big plays from the top six in that game last night that shouldn't really go unnoticed just because they didn't score the goals themselves. That all being said, Mark Stone needs to be better. Max Pacioretty needs to find the back of the net. And you need more out of the misfit line because right now you're in a really good situation tied. You're fortunate to be tied when you've got seven out of your ten goals coming from defensemen. But you've got to find another gear for those players because you want them playing well going into the next round should you get there because that's, that's the most important four wins of this entire run. And if you're not scoring goals in your top six, you're not going to win many of them in the, in the Stanley Cup final. Has the officiating been worse than normal in the postseason? Obviously, we hear a lot about, oh, they don't call stuff in the postseason. But has it been worse than even normal postseason officiating standards? Um, I mean, like, how do you get worse than terrible, right? <laughs> like, it's, listen, we all understand that the unwritten rule is that in the playoffs penalties aren't really penalties. It's kind of arbitrary at times. Like, listen, last night's game was terrible. Like it was absolutely horrendous officiating. When you've got Will Carrier getting cross-checked 
in the numbers, face first into the glass, and no penalty is called, okay, fine. Like, if that's the standard that you want to live by as referees, if you just don't want to do your job, then don't do your job for the entire game. But then to call a ridiculous hooking penalty on Nick Suzuki that wasn't a hooking penalty, and then because <laughs> it was called on Alec Martinez, and Alec Martinez bumps into a guy, you call the makeup call. Like, if you're just not going to call anything, just don't call anything. But if you're not going to call blatant stuff, you can't call something that's ticky-tack. Like, it, it, the, the officiating last night was, was objectively the worst I've seen in these playoffs so far. It was absolutely a nightmare. So, when did Alex Petrangelo get good? <laughs> um... Well, listen, Tyler, she's always been good. Now, fake news, fake news. No, 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 that is not accurate. We watched this season. Listen, Alex Petrangelo is the type of player that is going to raise his game and be amazing when everything is on the line. Uh, To me, Petrangelo kind of hit his stride uh, probably toward the end of the Minnesota series, and it really kind of took form from game from game three on in the Colorado series. He's been everything that you could hope for him to be in this playoff run. He's been sensational. Can I give you a hypothetical for the off season? I mean, you could All right. stopping you. So the golden Knights uh, are going to go into the off season, probably looking to trade a goalie again. Cause it's not smart to have 12 million and two goalies. Uh, they trademark Andre Fleury away. They have roughly four million in cap space if they don't re-sign Martinez or Jan Mark or Noshik. So they trade mm-hmm. away Fleury. They get over ten million in cap space and they sign Alex Ovechkin. Okay, um, that'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't would he be more? Uh, would he be more honest than Zooms than Leonard? Probably not. He'd have to be um, more honest than DeBoer. Ovechkin's, Ovechkin's a scary interview, man. Like I, I was in I was in a locker room with Ovechkin once after a loss. It wasn't pretty. Um Yeah, I okay. Um Yeah, I don't I don't know. Like I don't know how I feel about that. One, I don't think Alex Ovechkin's going anywhere. It, it would be a terrible decision by the Capitals to let him go anywhere. And <laughs> I I don't know that I'd pay ten million dollars for Alex Ovechkin on this team. Like I just I don't I I think there are more pressing issues uh, to deal with than than Alex Ovechkin. Like what, I'm you, sorry, you think if you need center depth or something? I mean, it depends on if they win, right? Like if the Golden Knights win, then you don't really need elite center depth because you've got really good forwards. And then you don't you you can win with two goaltenders and twelve million dollars. So I I mean everything kind of changes with whether or not the Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup or not. Speaking of uh, being honest, it, I thought this was uh, interesting when DeBoer actually answers a question and kind of says what everyone knows. Where well, Cody Glass could help us in the power play, but uh, that's kind of where we'll end the conversation. Is that <laughs> yeah. more disturbing? I, I mean, he was again, you know, out on the horizon, upper body injury. I'm not going to talk about that. I, I, I get all that. I thought that kind of gave us a little hint towards what everyone's thinking anyway, where where is this guy's future on the team? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look particularly good right now. And, you know, it's it's interesting and curious that the comments specifically about Cody Glass are his best asset is the power play. Yeah. And when the Golden Knights are, are sub 10% on the power play, and you literally have players saying, 
the, the, the fact that we can't convert on the power play might be costing us this series, you would sit there and say, well, if his best asset is on the power play and your power play is not going, play the kid. Right. And if you're concerned about his five-on-five game, put him on the fourth line, play him six minutes a night or eight minutes a night, and only throw him out there on the power play. Like You can hide players if you need to this time of year. Pete DeBoer's done a great job of that with certain players in this playoff run. So I thought it was interesting that he would specifically bring up the power play and then actively choose not to play him when the power play has not been good. Um, I don't know what the future holds for Cody Glass. This playoff run isn't making it any uh, any easier to think that it's going to be a positive one with the Golden Knights. Uh, I will not let it go unnoticed that you said Pete DeBoer's done a great job at hiding players this postseason. Ryan Reeves played six minutes the last time he played. Thanks, Ryan. We appreciate your time. You said it, not me. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Later, guys. Uh, make sure you guys turn in, tune in to Fox Sports Las Vegas. VGK Insider Show, Monday through Friday. Also, you can hear Ryan on the pregame, postgame, and intermission for Golden Knights. I'm going to give you credit for a tweet because I didn't realize when I first saw because I couldn't take my eyes off Lunatic McFeast jumping out of his chair on that gif that Jared put out there was completely insane. Uh, I thought your tweet was great, <laughs> which was very strange. Why is he so mad at a face-off? Like oh, the TV when behind lost his him. Mind? It's one thing, like if the TV behind him is, you can tell they're on the power play or they've missed another shot or something. Like that. But when he went nuts, it obviously, there had been some time between whatever they were doing and, and taking a draw. And that's when he went crazy. And I'm like, right. if you look at the TV, unless there's a delay on the TV, which could be, you know, there's usually a delay. But like, what, what is he mad at at that point? Right. That was so weird. Game three, the gif of Pete, of, uh, of George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon and their sweet and not wearing masks. George McPhee going <laughs> ballistic. Right, the TV behind them, you can see they haven't a draw. they haven't started play yet. Right. They haven't even started. No. Now there is like there is a delay, but yeah. it's like 7 seconds, right. 10 seconds. Right. Like it's not like 2 minutes. Right. So, Peter, I I genuinely think George McPhee was mad they lost a face off. I genuinely okay, think that's the case. Okay, if that's the case, if, do you a little, remember, off, little more off center than we already think. Do you remember when they signed Nick Waugh? Waugh! What George McPhee said about him was they couldn't beat him in the face-off circle in the AHL's Calder Cup. The reason they signed Nick Waugh is because what? he was so good in at face-offs at the AHL level. Okay, that's very strange. So I'm under the belief he loves He's face-offs that, that much. much. about face-offs? Yes, like they had a play and set up. Who knows? As you also said, very underrated shake of the head from the other oh. guy. Both with no mask. And you saw McCrimmon kind of shaking his head, which right. was great. It's like, what? Coming up next... <laughs> Our sharp is 2-0. Oh, he's going for three. Still a long way from a jersey, though. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. All right, Josh is back. He's gotten two in a row right. Argentina won on Friday for him. He's got to get to nine to win our Antonio Brown jersey. Got to beat the old record of eight. So, Josh, your third game in this streak, where would you like to go? Let's stay with soccer and go back to the Netherlands. All right, they are playing North Macedonia. I feel like that is a very safe pick. Uh, So, we got you in for the Netherlands winning today. They do so. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Josh. All right. Yep. Bye. Okay. He's going nine and zero with soccer. You keep saying that Be about smart. soccer guys, and Be then smart. they and then they don't get it. I know. 
Biggest biggest favorite of the day each day he's got a shot. Biggest favorite of the day. Yeah, each day. You just they go to the can draw. Yeah, yeah that I is know, the one I problem know, in soccer. Know, that is North, the one problem. North Macedonia sucks, Yeah, that is though. the one problem. I don't even know where North Macedonia is. Is there a, is there a central Macedonia? Is that the same as Madagascar with all the animals? Oh, boy. I believe it's a former... Didn't it break off of, like, the Yugoslavian area whenever that disintegrated so there is if no any, like south or west or east it's only there's north macedonia if any of that's true i like the netherlands today should be the only the other the only the other issue besides drawing is netherlands might not be that motivated to win because they've already advanced the round of 16 so they're playing like their usl players yeah but that still probably is better than <laughs> or north their macedonia. mls AAA mls reserve yes. reserves so yeah we'll see still should be a safe pick because again it's north macedonia now <laughs> Here's a topic that I find fascinating. The National League Lacrosse is coming to Vegas. They announced this morning. By the way, come on, National League Lacrosse. Let's figure out uh, time zones here. They put out a press release at 6 a.m. this morning, Pacific time, to announce that Las Vegas was getting a National League Lacrosse team. Now well, they, they wanted to beat Pete DeBoer at 6.30 a.m. for his Zoom availability. Apparently. So... Joseph Sy is going to be the majority owner, but along in this ownership group, Wayne Gretzky, Dustin Johnson, and Steve Nash. Andrew Brees. Uh, well, he was not. No. He was reported yesterday. But he said the, no? Well, the actual release from the National Lacrosse League did not include oh. Drew Brees. So Drew Brees, questionable. Okay. Uh, Jeff Merrick, though, did report Brees was a part of it. Here's my question, though. Why do these guys, why do Wayne Gretzky, Dustin Johnson, Steve Nash want to be a part of a lacrosse team in Las Vegas? So that they can come to Las Vegas and say it was a business trip. It might be it. Or is there any chance? Nash was like a really good soccer player, right? So, I mean. He is Canadian. Are they? Yeah. Are they like guys who, for whatever reason that we don't know, had some kind of lacrosse background or play lacrosse? I don't know. I did Gretzky at any point in his life play lacrosse? I it's don't know. It's the official sport of Canada. Uh, then that's the other thing. And and Nash is Canadian. I don't think Dustin Johnson is. So I don't know. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's as simple as the, the, a lot of these guys are Canadian and they played it. I don't know what else the interest would be. I have no idea. Like it can't. I don't know what the interest would be. I can't believe National League Cross is going to make these guys money. No. No. So I, I don't quite comprehend what the purpose of, hey, let's have this great ownership group for lacrosse. Because they each only kicked in 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah, if, might um, as well. If Drew Brees is involved in this, if you have Joseph Sy, Wayne Gretzky, Drew Brees, DJ, and Steve Nash, we get one person for a press box guest. Who do you want? Oh. The oh, one guy who might say things we really like is Dustin Johnson. Yeah, that's the worst He part. might be the, the one. Yeah. Like, the, the rest golfer. of them aren't saying anything. Can we get Steve anything. Nash not talking as an NBA head coach where he's giving his coach speak? Maybe Steve yeah, Nash. Maybe, but yeah, I would go Dustin Johnson probably to be the safe. Best one. <laughs> to be safe. Probably the best one. <laughs>